This is Making Her Magic, the podcast. One, two, three, four. A podcast to teach you how to actually adult in life. How to run a business. How to create a balanced mindset. How to create goals, habits, and routines to serve you the best way they possibly can. This is the best advice for the best version of you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Making Her Magic, the podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And on today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you my birth story. As of this recording, I am two and a bit weeks postpartum uh, with our little baby girl, Lila. She was born on August 23rd and Greg and I are just so in love with her. It's not even funny. (laughs) Um, I did put up a questions box on my Instagram and I'll be answering those throughout the podcast and also at the end. So if you had a question um, or wanted to know something in particular Hopefully, by the end of this episode, I'll have it answered for you. So I just want to get right into it because I know this is going to be a long one. So as I said, Lila was born on August 23rd at 41 weeks and one day. She was well and truly cooked. (laughs) And if you follow Making Her Magic on Instagram, then you know that I was very anxious to get her out by the end just because I was sick of waiting mostly and I was getting bigger and bigger each day and it was just hard to do life. So I was hoping and hoping she would arrive early, but as I've now learned, you can't control a baby. (laughs) Shocker. You just have to take the ride and, you know, do life with them by your side with them holding the wheel essentially. So at exactly 41 weeks, one day prior to having her, I had an appointment with my midwife who offered a stretch and sweep. And for those of you who might not know exactly what that is, a stretch and sweep is essentially where a doctor or a midwife or OBGYN feel for your cervical opening. And they kind of use their fingers to stretch and squeeze the cervix, which is meant to stimulate the hormone production that um, creates contractions. So anyway, at 41 weeks, she offered that to me and I said yes, just for her to kind of have a feel and then let me know what was going on, if she could, you know, tell anything was going on at all. Because at this stage, I was, as I said, I was anxious to get her out. I was doubling my raspberry leaf tea intake. I was bouncing on my Swiss ball. We were having sex and, you know, doing all of the things, trying to bring on labor without too much um, outside intervention. So anyway, she got me on the table and she was like, oh my God, Amy, you are already three centimeters dilated. And I was like, oh, what a relief. <laughs> I'm a third of the way there. This is so easy. How amazing so naive of me. Anyway, so she did the stretch and sweep, which was actually totally bearable. It didn't hurt as much as I thought. I did have a doctor attempt a stretch and sweep the week prior, but it was so painful. I told him to stop after like one squeeze. Um, But for whatever reason this time, it didn't hurt as much. So I could totally bear her doing it for however long she needed to. This midwife was, I love her. She's so amazing. She was so impressed with how everything felt. And she said, for sure, I would go into labor that day or the next day because of how dilated I was already and how vigorous she was able to do the stretch and sweep. So 
later on that day, that was in the morning, later on that day around lunchtime, I started getting um, like period-like pains every 20 minutes or so. And these were just like super mild pains. I was just bouncing on my ball and finishing reading my book um, throughout the rest of the day, essentially. So I was preparing myself for what would come sooner rather than later. I spent the rest of the night just like chilling and we um, got takeaway for dinner and then we went to bed like usual. And then at around 1am, I really started to feel more pain. And again, the pain, it was bearable for me. So I was just like breathing through them and sleeping between them. And I wasn't timing at this stage, but I knew they were regular enough to be something. Then At about 3 a.m., they got super intense, like I was trying to sit on the toilet, but it wasn't comfortable and I didn't want to lay down in bed because I didn't want to wake Greg because I was like wriggling around whenever a contraction came. So I was just like standing around and like swaying for a while until about, you know, 3.45 or like 4 a.m. when I got back into bed and I told Greg and then he kind of observed me for like a couple of contractions and he was like, we need to start timing these. Like these are legit. And I was like, no, no, no. Like they're only like 20 seconds long. They're not even, you know, they're not long enough. They have to be at least a minute. And then he got the app out and then he was timing the contraction length and then the time between contractions. And he showed me after four contractions and the app had told him to go to the hospital now. (laughs) And I was like, what? No, they're not even that long. And he was like, yeah, they're over a minute long and they're like three to five minutes apart. And I was like, oh, okay, that's our cue to go. And it was so funny. All I cared about was making sure that we had enough snacks to take with us. Like the hospital feeds me, but not Greg. So I wanted him to have food. And also I wanted my own specific snacks that I liked. So I was emphasizing that we needed to pack the snacks. (laughs) And as uh, we were like finishing packing, you know, I was packing my like face wash and things that I would use every day that I didn't already have pre-packed. Um, the contractions were coming like every two to three minutes. Like I was, I would pack one thing and then, you know, walk into the bathroom and then I'd have to like rest because a contraction was coming and I'd have to take a breather and, you know, push through the pain and then just try to pack as quickly as possible so we could get in the car and then go to the hospital. So once we got in the truck and we drove to the hospital, I had a few contractions on the way there, which was an experience in itself, but we arrived at the hospital just shy, I think of like 5am with all of our stuff ready and it was go time. Are you running your own business? Or maybe you're scoping out new options and planning big moves for your life. If this sounds like you, you don't have to do it alone. I offer one-off 90-minute consultations to help you get your shit together. We take a look at where you're at, where you want to be, and everything in between. I can help you brainstorm fresh ideas and get you to organize your life to make actually living a priority. Get your one-off consultation today by heading to makinghermagic.com forward slash offers and follow the prompts. You've talked the talk, now let's get you to walk the walk. So we checked in and I was in a lot of pain at this stage. Like I didn't like talking to people. I just wanted the pain to go away. I had a nurse come and check me and she told me that I was three centimeters dilated still, which in my mind I was like, well, fuck, (laughs) they're going to send me home. You know, I'm not dilated enough. And I just wanted to stay there because I knew that I was going to eventually have to come back anyway, kind of thing. Um, But they let me stay. That's 
the benefit, I guess, of being in a small town. You know, there's only so many babies being born a month, so there's plenty of space in the maternity ward, which is really nice. So immediately, obviously seeing the state that I was in, the nurse asked me if I wanted gas for the pain, which I said yes to. And, you know, I had that for maybe like one or two contractions and then I threw up not long after that. I know of people who have used gas the entire labor, but for me, it was a total no-go. It didn't work at all, like pain-wise, and then it just made me vomit. So I stopped that immediately, and then she offered me morphine through like a needle in my thigh, and I said, yes, please give it to me. I've never had anything like that as well, by the way, so I've never been – you know, I've never been put under, I've never needed morphine or gas or anything like that, so all of this is like my first experience with everything. Anyway, so she um, injected the morphine into my thigh and then she said it would take like 10 to 20 minutes, I think, to kick in and nothing. I just continued to throw up. It didn't work at all. It was a no-go for me. So at this stage, I have no idea what time it is. I packed an eye mask with me. So I had that on the entire time because I was sensitive to all the lights. And, you know, I also didn't have any music playing or no sounds at all. I didn't want any of that in the moment, which is so strange. Like I thought that I would have an upbeat playlist or, you know, a soothing playlist. I'm not sure something, Um, but no, I wanted it dark. I wanted it silent. Don't talk to me. I'm in pain. I just need to get through. Um, I even went and bought like battery candles specifically for labor so the room could be pretty and Greg set them up for me. But yeah, I didn't even get to enjoy them because I had my eye mask on the whole time. (laughs) So however long after, I'm going to say like six hours later at like 11 a.m. So I was at the hospital at five and then at 11 a.m. they checked me and said I was five to six centimeters dilated. So if I wanted to, I could have an epidural at this stage to which I nodded yes to. (laughs) Again, I wasn't talking. I was using one word answers. I was so exhausted. And in my birth plan, I had said if a walking epidural was offered, I would take it if I felt that I needed it and ask anyone in the room. I definitely needed it. So I said yes to that. And so the anesthesiologist um, was called in and then he came into the room to set up and sterilize me and, you know, give me the rundown on it all. And tell me what position to be in and everything. And all the while I'm contracting and in so much pain and in my head, I'm just like, just put the fucking needle in my back before I explode, (laughs) which he finally did (laughs) at 11.50. He finished doing his thing and then I got pretty much what felt like immediate relief. I was a completely different person. I took off my mask. I was talking, smiling, reflecting on what the fuck I was experiencing for the past like seven hours. And it was really nice because I could still walk around assisted. Like I had to, like the nurse would help me and then Greg would be on my other side. Um, And I could still feel when the contractions were happening, but it was just like a pressure or like an intense period pain. It was like so bearable and I was so happy and relieved. And I know Greg and my mum were also relieved for me because the stress of those past hours watching me in pain every few minutes would have been a lot to handle. So it was like the whole room got to collectively have like a big exhale together and we could all get where we needed to be um, next, which was full dilation. So going from six centimeters to 10 centimeters felt pretty quick 
it was pretty quick, I think. Um, we worked out that the epidural was at 11.50 in the morning and then I was full dilation around 2 p.m. So it was only a couple hours and I knew I was getting close to full dilation because I was feeling a lot of pressure in my butt. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> so when babies um, descend further into your pelvis, you feel a lot of pressure in your bum, which is a sign of being close to pushing. So once I told them that, they checked me and said I was at 10 centimeters and that it was up to me now to cue them when I was ready to push. This was super important to me because from my research, I'm using quotation marks here, research, which is Googling, a lot of people are told when to push. And to me, that seems really counterintuitive. Like why would they know when to push? And I know you can be monitored and I wasn't monitored because it just wasn't working for me. So it was truly just on my cues, but you know your body better than anyone else and better than any machine. So that was super important that all of the doctors and nurses were like, totally, it's on you. Like you can just tell us when you're ready to push and then we can assist you and we can guide you and whatever, but we're not going to tell you when to push. I just, I loved that so much. So when I felt the urge, it was around an hour later or a little bit under, I got to start some practice contractions and pushes while the nurses waited for my doctor to come in. So they called him in, which is another cool thing. The doctor that delivered Lila is actually our family doctor. So I thought that was really special because again, from my quote unquote research, um, that's really rare. And again, I think it's because we live in a small town. So it was just, it just happened to be that he was on call that day and he's our family doctor. So that was really special. So once he came in, it was time to push for real. So we did the practice ones for like 10, 15 minutes. And then now it was time to push because the doctor was there. So I was initially being guided on pushing technique because, and I remember saying this while I was pushing, this is an art form. (laughs) It's something that I did get a hang of after, you know, the first few contractions. Um, but it truly is an art form. (laughs) I got to feel everything, as I said, so the epidural didn't completely numb me. I felt everything obviously in a much lower capacity than if I wasn't to have the epidural, but I could feel the contractions. I could feel her descending further down. And yeah, it was just such a beautiful experience. I'm super grateful that this was all during the day as well. So at the time of pushing, I had the curtains um, down and they were letting in the beautiful sunshine. Like it, it's summer here. So it was nice and hot outside. So we had the sunshine coming in the room and the room was nice and silent. It was just our voices essentially. Like I still chose to not have any music or anything. And the room was just so calm and peaceful. It was definitely not what I thought it was going to be. Like you see it in the movies, how it's all like chaos and screaming and high stress. But my experience was honestly the complete opposite. Again, post epidural, but nonetheless, I'm really happy with my experience and absolutely do not regret that epidural at all. So in total, I pushed for around an hour and 20 minutes, including those practice contractions, which is very average. Um, If you didn't know, that was something I found out towards the later part of my pregnancy that some women pushed for like three hours. And I just spoke to a girlfriend the other day. She pushed for four hours. That's Again, it's something that I'm influenced by from like movies, obviously. But anyway, in comparison to my pushing time, 
it was very average and I got to catch her. So I got to um, assist pulling her out and then place her on my chest, which is also something that I really wanted to do. So I was so happy with that. And my favorite part, which I've been telling everyone who has a set of ears, might be TMI, but I didn't tear at all. I just had some, I think I had one superficial tear that didn't require any stitching or anything. So I was so, 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 so happy when I found that out. That is something that has definitely made my recovery 1000% easier for sure. I often find myself like either feeding Lila or rocking her to calm her down. And I think to myself, oh my God, like hats off to women who do this while in pain and healing with, you know, stitches or from a cesarean, insane. So that's something that I'm very, very grateful for. That's for sure. Okay, so that is my birth story. I hope you didn't miss any important parts, but right now I'm going to head into your questions that you asked on my Instagram. So here's the first one. First question, did you feel the most powerful you've ever felt? Absolutely. <laughs> During the last pushes in my mind, all I was thinking was how amazing and powerful my body is for doing what it was doing. Giving birth is something that is seen in society as something so normal and it's very common because it is, but it totally doesn't get enough credit for how incredible and empowering and also how much strength it takes to actually perform for your body to grow this human being and then prepare for it to come out in the exact way it's meant to. Absolutely outstanding. I've gone through it now and it still blows my mind how the heck it all works out. <laughs> Another question that came through a couple times was what it felt like and what the pain was like and what helped me during labor. So I'm going to answer all these in one. I'm going to start by saying once again that pre-epidural was absolutely fucked for me <laughs> on the pain scale. I actually can't believe that I went through it for like seven or eight hours total, whatever it was. And I feel a bit silly saying it because I know there's so many super women out there who go their whole labor and birthing process drug-free and I just can't understand how they get how they don't get too exhausted or they don't pass out from the pain. I guess it's just like our instinct to not pass out during childbirth. Um so what helped me get through that first bit was the eye mask, definitely cutting out all sensory things like light and sound and even touch, which is weird for me because I love being touched. It's my love language. So I remember I did ask for a back rub for like one or two contractions and then I was like, no, nah, get off. This is not feeling good. <laughs> and what it felt like giving birth, as I touched on before, it was incredible. The feeling of power and strength and also bodily intuition was such an amazing experience to have. And it's only made me appreciate my body and what it's actually capable of so, so much more. And that brings me to another question that I got, which was if I had ever had the thought that I was going to die or that I couldn't do it anymore while I was in labor. And the answer is yes. Pre-epidural, I was just wishing and hoping that the next contraction was somehow painless or that she would come out. <laughs> it's crazy because you literally can't do anything about it until you can, you know, safely opt in to have pain relievers like the epidural. So it's more of a mind game to me. Uh, like a strength test going like, okay, I can either cry and complain 
and still be in this position, or I can handle the pain as well as I can and get through the next break between contractions. And I really did try my hardest to think the latter, which I do think saved me in the long run, because if I were to let myself get into the headspace of like, woe is me, this sucks, I can't do this, blah, blah, and start crying, that's me letting my guard down. And I just know for sure that the pain would have only gotten more intense and yeah, my mental game would have been completely thrown off. So definitely thinking of the latter helped me a lot. All right. And the last question actually came from my sister and it was, how can you say you forget the pain? I still don't understand. And this is funny for two reasons. The first being that whenever we recall a memory or a time in our past, we're actually only recalling the last time that we recalled that memory. (laughs) So our brains don't specifically remember the exact point in time and all of the details, which is why it's actually so easy to get stories mixed up and for elements to be missed or added. So when I say I remember the pain being so intense, I can actually say that now because I recall it being intense, but I don't necessarily remember the actual pain itself if that makes sense. I can tell you where the pain was, but I can't describe to you the exact intensity of the pain because as silly as it sounds, I actually truly forget. And the second reason that this is funny is because she was in the room when I first checked into the hospital and was obviously in a lot of pain and she saw how badly I was hurting. And for me to now say to her, well, you know, I kind of forget what it was truly like. I think it's a bit shocking to her because She's like, what the fuck? I saw you and I saw you how much pain you were in. I don't understand. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, that was not as long as I thought, but it's still a bit longer than my average podcast. I'm sure I didn't miss too many big details, but if you have more questions about my birthing or labor experience, totally feel free to send me a DM on Making Her Magic and I'll be happy to share all the details with you over there. I love talking about it. I'm so glad I have a platform like this that allows me to record these times in my life. And so hopefully it will help someone, maybe you or someone else with your life experiences and with your birthing and labor process, or whether it's just about resilience in general. So thank you so much for listening today. I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. I know how valuable your time is, so I really appreciate you choosing to tune in every single week. If you haven't already, please follow at Making Her Magic on Instagram and come and join our free Facebook community by searching Making Her Magic Community in the Facebook app. Don't forget to wear sunscreen today. Bye.